12. Join us on Facebook Live if you're a fan of movies and or marshy. That's where we are. James, good afternoon. How are you? I don't think that's an and or question. It's just if you're a fan of movies. Ah, well done. You are modest. <laughs> Brilliant. So, James, I, uh, I was really looking forward to the first film you're about to talk about and uh, dot, dot, dot. Take it away. It's not had great reviews, so you're not really going to do any spoilers here. <laughs> yes, and I think, you know, it, just on paper, it will come as no great surprise to learn that uh, the Tom and Jerry movie isn't great. It's uh, Yeah, no, I, I imagine you're probably a big fan of the old oh, Hanna-Barbera. Well, the older, oh, yeah, the, old, animations. the oldest ones, yeah. Phenom phenomenal. Yeah, no, absolutely. Can I, do some, can I do some triv and get it out of my head? And, and I, won't, I won't say another word. So apparently, Please. when you listen to uh, when you listen to a Tom and Jerry soundtrack done back in with these amazing musicians, right? You get. You get I knew this was going to be Tom and Jerry music related. Why? <laughs> I just that's that's so, that's uh, your right. area of expertise. I'm going to get this out, and then I won't say a sausage. <clears throat> I promise. Still. So da 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 da. If you keep clicking, even if the music slows down the whole soundtrack is the same beat even though it sounds like it's completely different it's just one constant click track throughout every tom and jerry episode i'm finished all yours okay well i think this if this film has a cons consistent click track it's just a monotonous drone <laughs> and <laughs> join us on facebook live because you may have seen tom and jerry please try and yeah. save the day i just hate to see tom and jerry's iconic isn't it except apparently not anymore <laughs> Well, this is the thing. I mean, this is a film where it literally screams the question, why? Uh, even before you sort of set foot, it's like Tom and Jerry, you know, have existed in the same format, these five-minute animated 2D hand-drawn animated shorts since, I want to say, like the 50s, if not even maybe earlier than that. Uh, there was a feature film made in the 90s, which was all animated and wasn't very well received either. Uh, but this has been in development for what feels decades i think officially that this idea first sort of reared its head about about 10 years ago but from the script that made it to the screen uh it feels even older than that i think you know at first they wanted to do a kind of live action animated sort of crossover a bit like who framed roger rabbit yeah uh then that fell apart and then they they wanted to do something that was all uh 3d animated and then that fell apart so what you get here is a bit like Who Framed Roger Rabbit, it is live action with animation, but the animation isn't hand-drawn or 2D. It's kind of a weird 3D sort of CG animation, uh, but that's made to look like uh, the old-style uh, 2D animation. And the results are predictably not very good. Uh, Setting up the story, it's New York City, and Chloe Grace Moretz plays uh, a girl called Kayla, who uh, is a bit of a a bit of a chancer, uh, you know, looking to find her way in the world, who blags her way into the role, into a temporary position at a prestigious hotel in Manhattan, where she's essentially going to be a wedding planner for this very uh, prestigious sort of celebrity Immediately, wedding. James, what on earth has that got to do with Tom and Jerry? Precisely. 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 So these, this is a live-action comedy with real actors playing real characters, uh, you know, there isn't an, any animation going on whatsoever. Uh, just so happens that 
at, the, at that same uh, Manhattan hotel, Jerry the Mouse has decided that th he's in town and this is where he wants to live. You know, there's abundant food and plenty of mischief he can get up to. Uh, and Tom is hot on his heels trying to uh, trying to catch him because that's what Tom does. Um, so no sooner have they the management of the hotel identified the fact that they have a mouse in their hotel. They have a rodent problem consisting of one rodent. Uh, Chloe Grace character Kayla is given that as her new assignment. Even though she's supposed to be the wedding planner of this massive event happening, happening the same weekend, she is also given or takes it upon herself that I will catch this mouse. I will prove that I am worthy of this job even though she's completely blagged it and, and stolen someone else's resume and all the rest of it. And so what does she do? But the hotel officially hires Tom, the cat, uh, as their kind of chief uh, pest, pest um, uh, exterminator. So Chloe this doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't make any sense at all. For 27 years, Jerry lived in a hole on the floorboards. I'm really going to have to stop yes. saying these things, aren't I? It's completely different, right? Well, it is and it isn't. Um, you know, I, mean, I think people who grew up with these with these short films will find very little to, uh, identifiable other than the fact that Tom and Jerry are in there. You should point out that they are not alone in as much as every animal screen at any point, be it a pigeon, yeah. uh, an elephant, an elephant, a fish, or a cat, or a dog, um, is, t is animated. And that is normal. The characters react to that in a normal way. Uh, also, the fact that... Except for Jerry, who's a mouse, and he's still categorised as a, as a rodent problem. Sure, no, but what my point is yeah. that they don't identify him as being a cartoon mouse. You know, he is, he is a mouse. All, our, all the animals in the film are animated, and that's just normal. Yeah. You know, as far as the char human characters <laughs> okay. are concerned. Um, they can also interact, obviously, with these creatures in a far more uh, sort of lucid and uh, connected way that, than you would be able to contact with, any contact with anybody. And that seems normal. There's an opening sequence where uh, Tom is busking in, with a piano, with a keyboard, in Central Park. And the joke being that he's pretending to be a blind keyboard player and then when revealed that he's not blind they're like hey that cat playing the piano isn't blind after all yes. what a sham <laughs> and it's like no 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 and he's playing the piano. no 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 don't laugh <laughs> don't laugh you're only encouraging he's them. playing the piano but that is to be fair that was one of the best jokes in it and that came Blimey. like right in the first sort of minute of the film and i was like oh there might be some jokes in this you know because that's not it's not a good joke but it's not an awful joke and unfortunately that was the uh, the the comedy highlight of the next 90 minutes. Uh, and was, it's he, just was he good? Now, there's a reason for this. Was he good? Was he a good pianist or was he just bashing it out? It was some light jazz. I'm sure you would have been identified no, better no, than no, me. No, 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 um, no. I promise this is going to be my last hark back to 1947, Cat Concerto, when mm -hmm. he was absolutely brilliant. There you go. Uh, he has skills. He just needs the opportunity. <laughs> That's his dream. He wants money so he can buy a new piano because he gets all smashed up at the beginning. Yeah. Jerry wants just, you know, he wants money. He wants a, a nice house. And obviously, uh, real estate prices are very high in, um, in Manhattan. And like Kayla as well, she just wants a job. She just wants a chance. You know, if you can't make it, if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. That's the, the dream of New York City. Why? Tom and Jerry are in New York is anybody's guess. And how I believe the there. trailer 
The trailer actually includes sequences that aren't in the final film of them. Well, that's interesting, James, because Stephen wrote, writes to us on Facebook Live. Join us on Facebook Live. You could have a bit of fun today. Stephen says, um, I was at a Tom and Jerry preview at the movies a couple of weeks ago. I was appalled, says Stephen. I hope you wrote to your MP about it. It was... Um, yes, it's, it's incredibly terrible, and, it, and you, you spend a lot of the film kind of going... What? Oh. I don't understand what is happening. I don't understand why it's happening. I don't understand why anybody entertained the notion that there would be an audience for this film for more, for more than, like, two seconds. You know, not leave the fact that it's taken a lot of people a number of years and blood, sweat and tears to put this on the screen, and it's just... It's just dire. It's you mentioned the 90s, James. What did, Space, what did Space Jam have, technically, that this doesn't? Because that worked. Michael, Michael Jordan, well, yes, for one thing. <laughs> and, and Roger <laughs> You know, they're remaking, they're remaking um, Space Jam really? with LeBron James. Yes, and that's coming out later this year, I believe. Uh, on the same, same studio as is doing this, obviously, Warner Brothers. Um, I mean, people have seen this already because this is one of, those, one of uh, the films that Warner Brothers is releasing this year simultaneously on HBO Max. Um, Obviously, we don't have HBO Max here, so that's not an option. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's why we're getting that's why we're getting it in the cinema. Um, and that's kind of—I mean, I wouldn't even say that that's a suitable place for it. It's just—it's just terrible. I think kids, you know, if kids are entertained by the notion of Tom and Jerry, there is such a wealth of material from their back catalogue that you could show them instead of showing them this. If this makes any money, it'll only encourage the studio to do it again. And we don't want to do it again. I mean, the cast, which includes people like, sort of, uh, uh, beyond Chloe Grace Moretz, who is, who can be a good actress. Um, it's got people like Michael Pena, who can be good as well. Uh, there's a voice cast that includes people like little Ray Howery, who has shown himself to be quite a strong uh, comedian by Tim Story, who did, like, the Barbershop films and yeah. uh, Ride Along and the, those bad Fantastic Four films from back in the early 2000s. Mm. Um, and he has brought... I mean, he's he started out as a musician and he's coll collaborating with, like, Ice-T and people like that. And he did a lot of music videos and he brings a sort of urban hip-hop sort of aesthetic and tone to it that you're like, what's this got to do with... Tom and Jerry. Uh, there are moments where Tom and Jerry talks to his conscience. You know, he has the devil on one shoulder and the um, angel on the other. And, th and those characters are voiced by little Ray, Ray Howery, suggesting that Tom's subconscious, at least, is African-American. And you're like, OK, well, that's that's a stretch, I think. And that's a first. Um, yeah. I mean, his spoken voice, he, and he doesn't really speak much. You know, they're, they're, they're obviously non-speaking characters, but he does sing at one point, is, is actually using um, archival audio from uh, William Hanna, as in Hanna-Barbera. Yeah. Um, as is moments when Jerry utters anything as well. That's like Mel Blanc and um, whatever the actress was. I can't remember her name. Um, those are, they use sort of archival audio, and you get the impression that, Warner Brothers was probably quite pleased with themselves for doing that, and at one point that might have even been sort of a, a selling point. But there is literally nothing in this movie uh, to justify its existence. Uh, you know, fans of Tom and Jerry have enough material to go back to, um, and, and fans of anybody else involved, be it Claire, Chloe Grace Moretz, Michael Pena, Tim Story, if he has a fan base, and wh whomever else, there is much better work available uh 
this is it's i just sat there for 90 minutes going firstly what and secondly why what did you write on your I facebook page I, well, the fact that I went to see it is, is probably the closest you get in my profession to diving on a live grenade. I'm do, I did that so you don't do, so the least you could do is don't. Yeah, does what it says on the tin. All right, then join us on Facebook Live. Morning Brew, we're there as always. Love to hear what you think about these things. He's back in the movies. They're actual four square, four walls, etc. Um, we're talking about, well, I think we've finished, Tom and Jerry, which is such a shame, I think. Anyway, yours. Um... I think it was it was very clearly signposted from the moment someone came up with this idea that it was a bad idea and shouldn't be shouldn't be um, entertained any longer. Sadly, they did. Um, not wholly dissimilar is uh, coming to America, mm. the belated sequel to the Eddie Murphy vehicle, in which an African prince went to New York City to sow his royal oats, as he said, where yes, he met right. the love of his life love of his life and returned back to uh, Zamunda and uh, and you know, carried on his life there. Um, here it's sort of 35 years later and Prince Azim, Akim, sorry, is now, has now, now becomes king. It begins with the play by James L. Jones and uh, he, he assumes the throne and it comes to, and he is at a political crossroads with a neighboring warlord played by Wesley Snipes okay who says that you know one way or another these countries are going to come together you know either we can get married or but um he has like a, a crazy son uh or we can have a war basically i will invade um <laughs> prince akim now king akim only has three daughters yes all very capable particularly his eldest daughter played by kiki lane however it is written into uh zamundan law that um, he must have a male heir to marry and that'll marry wesley snipes daughter and all will be fine uh but he doesn't have a son and then it is revealed as if by magic that he does have like an illegitimate son, that when he went back in 1985 and was sowing his royal oats before he met his wife to be Lisa, yeah, yeah, yeah. he he had a one night stand with Leslie Jones's character, who now has a son uh, called Lavelle, and he, if they can find him, if they can go back to America or come to America again and find him and convince him to come over to Zamunda and groom him to be heir to the throne, then peace will will. Did you go back and watch the original one? In I did. I didn't actually, oh. but I did see it quite a few times back in the day, and so it is fairly well. So is there? Um, is into. there? Is there a little bit of that 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 ratifies the fact that he has an illegitimate son, even a few seconds worth? Well, okay. Even here's a the hello, thing. if you like to. You know, the very nature of it does sort of is to sort of retread as much of that uh, earlier film as possible. When they right. go back to the barber sh the barber shop, that and you've got brilliant. him and Ar <laughs> Arsenio Hall. Yeah, you got him and Arsenio Hall playing sort of these Jewish barbers and what have you in the prosthetics, and he plays some. What's his name? Randy Randy Watson, is it, of Sexual Chocolate, who's like the band that That's they play, and then right. they come back into it. And so a lot of those sort of the best bits, if you like, from the first film are revisited. The problem with this film is that it centres around a new character who is his this this uh, son of his, Lavelle, played by Jermaine Fowler. Yeah. Who, there's not much to him as a character. He kind of, when you first meet him, he's kind of sort of being a bit sh shifty. You know, he's from a working class family. He, he want, He's ambitious. He wants a leg up. But, you know, the white man is keeping him down a little bit. Uh, and then 
he, you know, so he's a bit of a sort of slightly shady character, but supposed to be a likable shady character. Yeah. At first, he's obviously very impressed and surprised about to learn that he's heir to the throne. But when, and then a lot of the film details about him being groomed and trained on, on how to how to assume that role. Um, but he's not very interesting, and he t- folks a lot of time to his arc if you like his transformation um but he seems to sort of take it all in his stride too much and yeah there's not a lot going on he's not very charismatic it sidelines eddie murphy and um arsenio hall and all the characters that we like far too much of the time mm. but filling it yeah filling it with um less interesting stuff so it's it's long it's it's a packed cast, but it's just not very funny and not very interesting. Again, that's such a shame. Uh, join us on Facebook Live if you want to chip in with this. I bet you loads of people watching and listening now. So I think it was nineteen. Was it eighty five? The original one. Uh, maybe yeah. Maybe a little bit later that. than that. Anyway, yeah, it, yeah it, brand then. It yeah. is. It is. How do I say? It is eighty. It is the eighties. There's so much about this film. The soundtrack, Daryl's hair, the whole bit. <clears throat> I mean, it's iconic. Nineteen. Oh, soul, soul glow. <laughs> that stuff you put in his hair. Whatever, whatever. Yeah. It's absolutely yeah. iconic. Nineteen eighties. So I'd be really interested to see if anybody listening and watching you now has watched it. If they've seen the first one, whatever. Join us on Facebook Live. Let's get to the. Yeah. Coming to number America. Stephen gets back to us on Facebook Live. James, he says, I'm looking forward to watching Coming to America, but how do we see it in Hong Kong? It is legally available on Amazon Prime right right now, uh, as of, I I believe, last Friday. Uh, So, yeah, no, it's a big disappointment. I mean, he assembles, there's a lot of goodwill involved, clearly, and he's got the original writers back. was directed by John Landis. So he's he's not involved this time around. Uh, It's directed by Craig Brewer, who has... uh, pretty good uh, uh, creds of his own. Um, and But he assembles this sort of fantastic cast. Like I mentioned, Wesley Snipes is in there. John Amos comes back as his, uh, as, as the, as McDowell, you know, of, of the McDowell's uh, restaurant that is he legally was, different from McDonald's. He was brilliant. He was, I mean, I, you know, it's not this, it was not the greatest film ever made, but it's one of those ones that I think people will just say, yeah, 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 definitely I revisit that now and yeah. again. <laughs> During the, during the news, I looked it up, and it was actually 1988, and that was really okay. kind of Eddie Murphy at the peak of his powers. It was kind of the last film in this incredible run he had since he sort of burst onto the scene through Saturday Night Live, yeah. and he came on, he did f- sort of 48 hours trading places, Beverly Hills Cop, uh, and then, and then uh, yeah, this one, Coming to America. And, and him with Arsenio Hall, too. I mean, he's, he's a genius as well. So the combination in the original film of those two guys was just blinding. Um, I that seen. was great, and and the the biggest problem with this one is that th- there isn't enough of that, which which is so frustrating. When that was, like you say, the key to what made the first film successful. Arsenio Hall really is sort of barely in it, and Eddie Murphy even is sidelined. Eddie Murphy's character is sort of the curmudgeonly old man now. He's like the father figure who's a stickler and feels the weight of responsibility and refuses to see what is in front of him, which is obviously the fact that his daughters are good enough for him and that he doesn't need to look too far afield in order to find uh, the the heir to his... um, to his throne his he puts his own daughters in there i mean kiki lane plays his oldest daughter but i believe at least one of the younger ones is played by one of his own daughters eddie murphy of course famously has a lot of children he has like 10 kids i think um 
And then there are other, you know, bit bit players and cameos like Tracy Morgan, Lacey, um, Leslie Jones, as I said. There's one or two others that I won't kind of like punchline cameos. But, uh, you know, so there's a lot of goodwill involved. People clearly wanted to get involved. They had a real fondness for the original, really wanted to see this happen and succeed. And it's just a shame when they've spent so long developing the script, uh, you know, they, they had all the time that they needed in order to get this right. And mm. it just comes across, and it's just flat. Go back to his character for a second, would you, before you leave this mm -hmm. one. I mean, mm -hmm. so... He um, he was he was a real sort of love, really lovely, uh, um, friendly, charming, playful, all of those things in the first movie. And you're painting the picture that he's just got a bit middle aged. In inverted That's exactly commas, it. different character. That's exactly I mean. it. And and you know, and always Eddie Murphy was the best thing in an Eddie Murphy movie. You know, yeah. that's why they were Eddie Murphy movies. You know, and you really feel his his age <laughs> and how. She is gone. You know, he was such a motor mouth. He was so kinetic. You know, he really just sort of st stole the screen from everybody else involved whenever he was there. And you don't get that anymore. Mm. You know, he really, it's, it's, it's a real shame, but he really feels like, and this is particularly sad because and his last film, Dolomite is my name, was such a real sort of return to, to form for him after sort of a number of years sort of languishing and deciding whether or not he wanted to do anything. At all. Um, so it's a shame when he's, spent so long on what was clearly a project that meant a lot to him personally and it just it just doesn't work it's just unless that is part of the stick where they've decided you know he's become the king he is now kind of almost what what his father not not quite but he's become the king and he has to be kingly maybe that's what they're doing well that is what they're doing but they there's a way to do that and make it funny yeah uh and that's not what's happening here uh, you know, all of the all of the heavy lifting has been thrown onto the shoulders of sort of the supporting cast, but in particularly this uh, sort of up and coming uh, guy, Jermaine Fowler, who's playing the son. And it's just such a sort of generic fish out of water, sort of cocky young guy looking wide eyed around him, going, "Oh well, this isn't the city." Uh, and it's and I have to say, like that, Eddie Murphy was uh, back in nineteen eighty eight. Exactly. Yeah. So when when Eddie Murphy went over there, you know, he was a fish out of water because he was used to this um, bubble that he had been grown in, this bubble of privilege. And when he's being thrown out onto the streets into a city where he was, you know, looked upon as a second class citizen, dare I say, at a, at a you know, at, at a. Uh, a juncture in America's history where there was a lot of volatility. Uh, and where he would have attracted a lot of volatility in, in an urban environment. Um, it's there. It's, it's gone. Um, also, I think the film really suffers in the wake of something like Black Panther. And the image of Zamunda just feels very sort of backwards and very sort of limited in its imagination when compared with sort of the glory of Wakanda that we saw yeah, yeah. in something like Black Panther. Because, you know, on paper, the productions feel quite similar. You know, there are these great sort of ensembles and celebrations of African-American talent. Uh, and parts of the story are actually kind of similar. You know, it's all about somebody finding their place and assuming assuming leadership and how they deal with it and how they deal with their relationships between their their kingdom and the outside world and all the rest of it. But yeah. there's re there's really no comparison. And it, and in the wake of that, this just feels very sort of backward facing. But you know, 
Oh, and that's and that's a real show. It day, just adds day of disappointments today, James. It's like to its all problems. the eggs, but no omelets. Okay, right. Um, I believe it actually doesn't open until tomorrow. Yeah, but the right. new Di- the new Disney dare I say the new Disney princess movie, uh, <laughs> Raya and the Last Dragon, is really good. Uh, this is uh, basically set in a fictional Southeast Asian kingdom this time. Yeah. Called Kumandra, and essentially to set up the the, the, the history of the piece is 500 years ago, one kingdom, and they lived in harmony with dragons, and dragons helped them defend the kingdom. Right. And there was this great, pe- this great pestilence came over the land, uh, pretty much wiped out all the dragons, um, fractured the nation into five parts, and those p- f- five parts have never been able to get themselves back together again. Politically, they are now at odds, and they all they want to do is fight and take over. There is a gemstone that is essentially the essence of the last drag, last remaining dragon, and that uh, is now the object that everybody wants to get their hands on. Uh, when, when that is broken, it, it uh, allows the pestilence called the Droon to sweep over the country once again, turning it into an almost post-apocalyptic wasteland. Yeah. Uh, Who are Where our hero, the young princess of Heart, one of the five kingdoms, uh, who is called Raya, played by Kelly Marie Tran from Star Wars The Last Jedi, she is roaming the Earth, seeking, looking for... The, the, uh, the put it basically to put the five parts of the gemstones back together, in the hope that it will um, it will save the kingdom. And what she does is she she crosses paths with Sisu, the last dragon, uh, played by Aquafina, who is going to help her. And guess what? It turns out that you know everybody put their money on the last dragon being the savior. But Zizi wasn't wasn't the best dragon. Uh-huh. She just happens to be she just happens to be the last dragon. Right. And uh, She's not exactly the most competent person. So anyway, so that's the dynamic, and they form a partnership, and they must go around the five kingdoms, convince each leader of each, king, each kingdom to give them their piece so they can put it all back together in the hope that together, and guess what? The message is, together, we are stronger than when we were on our own. Did you at any point think, oh, here we go, uh, another sort of beast sidekick, four legs or two wings or whatever, who makes wisecracking jokes... The dragon, mm-hmm. Mushu. Played by Eddie Murphy. <laughs> Played by Eddie Murphy. Are we talking that? <clears throat> oh, I, absolutely. As I sat down, I was like, okay, this is going to be Mulan. Shrek. Played by Eddie Murphy. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. No, 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 no. Eddie no. Murphy, I take it back. That wasn't that. Wasn't that. Well, he was Donkey. He was the, the sidekick. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure Eddie Murphy's main source of income these days is, is all that Shrek money. It just keeps coming in. Keeps okay. coming in. Okay. Um, so absolutely, you know, I was sitting down going, oh, here we go. You know, this is the American version of Asia all over again. This is going to be Mulan again, or at the best, this is going to be, at, at the Dumb- very best, Dumbo. this is going to be Moana again, which was, you know, South Pacific Islands. And actually, it's got the same director as Moana, but it's really good. Good. It's very respectful. For a start, you've got an entirely, almost entirely Asian or Asian American cast. Mm doing all the voices. Uh, very strong cast, actually. Uh, Kelly Marie Tran, Aquafina, as I said. Yep. Uh, Isaac Wong, Gemma Chan, Daniel Day King, Benedict Wong, uh, Sandra Oh, people like that. That's all good. Um, 
it's obviously very respectful to um it's not a specific country but it feels very thailand very cambodia very vietnam it's pulling from a lot of the uh, old sort of myth mythologies there and the legends there they've got at least one sort of vietnamese writer on board to help authenticate all this stuff and be very respectful to it uh raya as a protagonist is she is she has agency she uh, has agency. strength without without having to she doesn't have an agency <laughs> she has agency hello you know? Would you like a she has <clears throat> you know she does have a dead dad which yeah. is i think par for the course for this kind of film or at least he has been turned to stone which is what the pestilence does right. uh but she you know she's she's strong she's strong-willed but she doesn't have that kind of sort of you know impregnable stoicism that some of these more modern uh, characters do like sort of a Mulan would um Aquafina is great as easy the dragon it's very much in the mold of Robin Williams's genie or yeah Mushu the dragon played by Eddie Murphy you know it is the sort of wise talking um slightly sort of clumsy uh sidekick kind of role but she really sort of brings her own to it and it's actually sort of uh you know surpasses that and it's is good basically it's really funny. It is very good. Yeah. It is very good. And there's no romantic interest. There isn't like a, a handsome young prince who has to show her the way or yeah. even whom she shows the way. There's nothing in that. You know, she has a friendship or a, a broken friendship with the, a young princess from one of the other part, other kingdoms yes. uh, played by Gemma Chan. And if if there is any... I mean, there's no... Gemma Chan, who we first saw as Harry Potter's girlfriend in a teenage way. Is no. No. No, that's not her. No, Gemma was, Chan is, is British it. Chinese. She was in oh, yes, yes. Um, Crazy Rich Asians. Um, but no, that's not her. That was Kelly someone, no, I want to say. I'm glad you don't know either, because I was just about to look like a total numpty for something. Katie. No, that was Katie. Her name was Katie Leung, I want to say. And she's been in the news this week, sort of talking about how mean Harry Potter fans were to her. Um, but I thought she was rather good. Brilliant. Uh, so anyway, this is good. If you're wanting to find something to go out and take the kids to, uh, this is the one. This is it's great. It, this is maybe the best Disney princess movie in some time. Certainly as good as Moana was, but I think it's even got uh, the the edge on that. Uh, like I said, the, the cultural aspects of it are very sort of rich and diverse and yeah. colourful and um, and respectful. The characterization is very strong. The voice acting performances are very good. It's very funny. Uh, there aren't really any songs. Maybe over the end Which credits. is a good thing, really, isn't it? Well, some people, some people don't like that element of it. And that's um, probably because there isn't a love interest in it, because they always <clears> do, I'm the, I'm the sort of, uh, I'm the young thing out to discover the world, and then she meets the prince, and I love him, I need him, there's a song, and you don't have it in this, mm -hmm. do you? Yeah, good. Mm -hmm. No, you do not. No, there is not that. There is, not that. There is a, um, a cheeky baby. Cheeky but baby. You can, do a lot, you can do a lot with a cheeky baby, and they, and they do do a lot with a cheeky baby, and I thought that was handled quite well. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's very good. I was, I was pleasantly surprised, and I believe that opens properly tomorrow, although I know that in those areas where Disney Plus is available, they have made it available as a sort of premium, premium rental on mm. Disney Plus already. Well, I'm glad we've got a, a happy ending today, because it wasn't looking too good before the news. No. <laughs> well, you've got to save the best to last, haven't you? I'm so Keep the punters listening. Yeah, I'm so disappointed that Tommy Jerry was a, was a eh, nil point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very much so. Who's yep. banging and crashing? Already? Who's banging and crashing? I can't tell you. I'd have to kill you if I did. Anyway, okay, um, yeah. remind us what we've been doing today. 
Okay, so we have been uh, talking Tom and Jerry yeah. and Coming to America. Tom and Jerry is in th- cinemas right now. Coming to America is on Amazon Prime right now. And Raya and the Last Dragon will be in cinemas in Hong Kong tomorrow. Brilliant. So no James Bond news this week? Uh, no, I have nothing, unfortunately. I, I who have nothing. Well done, James. Lovely talking to you, as always. Thanks very much. James Marsh, Marshy Movie Time, back with us at the same time next Friday.